Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So as you know by now, there were a series of shootings in California. Uh, uh, the Lunar New Year, right? Uh, many Asian Americans celebrating uh, this, and someone walks into a ballroom, murders 10, injures 10 more. I'm sorry, I think that death count is now at 11. And 30 minutes later, a different person walked into another ballroom where the gun was wrestled away from them. Pretty impressive, amazing, amazing story. Well, the suspect in that shooting is an Asian man who walked into a place that was predominantly utilized by Asians, being the the Lunar New Year, in a neighborhood that is predominantly Asian, and murdered 11 people. Then uh, it, it was Half Moon Bay. Seven people were murdered. Again, the suspect is an Asian man. And of course, of course, the media is saying, why are we focusing so much on race? Because you do. What you're upset is that this doesn't fit a narrative. Because narrative to you is more important than these people's lives. And that just doesn't make any sense. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. Of course, I'm out of the studio today, and so if everything sounds a little bit weird, uh, it's just, you know, uh, you, you make do where you're, where you're at. Where you're at. But I'm glad to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. All of a sudden, they don't want to talk about race. But of course, if it was a white suspect, that's all you would hear about and the ever-growing threat of white supremacy. Well, what do you call this? I I don't know. I think I call it murder. I just don't know why it happened. And there's going to be some investigations, of course. And we'll know more when we know more. I'm not about to rush to judgment. That's crazy. What I gave you are the facts. But of course, when moments like this happen, you have the typical gun grabbers Screaming about how what we need to do is grab guns. This was Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois, a man most aptly named, on Morning Joe. We had the killing of a police officer last year in Chicago. Her name was Ella French, uh, and she was killed with a gun that had been uh, the subject of a straw purchase, which meant that a, a felon, convicted felon, took on his girlfriend over, our personal friend, over to Indiana, purchased a gun for that felon who then used it to kill this wonderful police officer. There was an outpouring of feelings uh, among law enforcement, but everyone in the city of Chicago over this terrible straw purchase death. We need to have stronger laws in that regard. The, the measure that was enacted recently in the Community Safety Act uh, moves in that direction. We need to do more. It is in high fashion for the people of Illinois and the people of Chicago to blame Indiana for bad things that happen there, the violence that takes place there. It is hocator for them. Oh, Indiana, that's where they make these purchases. Indiana with their lax gun laws. What lax gun laws are you remotely referring to? Background checks and everything else? Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed in terms of the law. What has happened is the willingness to go about destroying others. Maybe more cops are getting shot. I'm just... I'm. I'm spitballing here. You can show me the data otherwise. 
But maybe when you have a society that screams all cops are bastards, you might see more cops being shot at. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe our issue is cultural. By the way, I can prove this in my beloved Indianapolis. I, I, I can absolutely prove this. Remind me, we'll, we'll get back to proving it. But they always like to say Indiana, because of those, those lax gun laws in Indiana, that's not the issue. That's not the reason why people are violent in Chicago, why they engage in violent activities or criminal activities in Chicago. When Mayor Lori Lightfoot is complaining about how street vendors are being robbed and then it dares to tell street vendors, you see, you shouldn't use cash as if somehow they're the problem as opposed to the criminal. I'm surprised she didn't say, well, you know, the problem for street vendors is all them Hoosiers in Indiana because she likes to blame Indiana for everything else. But then Dick Durbin got into a second subject. Secondly, our governor has led an effort in the Illinois General Assembly to pass an assault weapon ban. Uh, it is interesting because we now have a reaction from sheriffs around the state that say they won't enforce it. So we're going to be uh, the ground zero for this debate in, in the weeks and months to come. But having seen the, the damage, the, the violence that came about in the 4th of July shooting at the parade in Highland Park, Illinois, where a fellow discharged 83 rounds in 60 seconds. This is unthinkable. Anybody who believes that's what the founding fathers had in mind historically is just off base completely. If the founding fathers could have had automatic weapons, they would have been thrilled and overjoyed to take on the British with automatic weapons. They would have just been, oh, Oh, it, uh, the, the weeping, the weeping. Look what we can do. Oh, we're going to win this war in seven seconds. As opposed to having to take pitchforks and hope for the best. Of course they would have. And they, they didn't envision it because they, they didn't know it. They didn't envision you'd ever have anything more than the printing press, did they? The ignorance of Dick Durbin's argument is that he thinks that the ability to fire with rapidity is the issue, as opposed to why are you firing to begin with? All of these politicos never go after the cultural conversation. What are the underpinnings? Why the hell is this happening? They never go after it. Well, mainly because they're afraid to go after it, because it might involve education and it might involve culture and it might involve socioeconomic status and it might involve race. And oh my gosh, if they do that, well, then they might get called a name. So instead of being honest with people and digging in and digging deep at what we're looking at here, and if you ask me, it is much more about education and culture than anything else. If you were to say to me, well, the reason we're having so much violence is because of race, I would look at you like you're a weird person because you are a weird person. And then I'd laugh at you. And then I'd say, I don't want to be your friend. Culture? Education? Ah, now we're on to something. Oh, yes. And politicos are afraid of that, too. It's, an, it's easier to go after the gun. Enemy of least resistance, right? You will hear me utilize that phrase a lot. My first ever political thesis was about the enemy of least resistance. Why do you hear people go after the same subjects over and over and over again? Because it's easy. It's low risk, high reward. Even if nothing happens, they don't get personally attacked 
for it. They don't have to, they don't suffer any ramifications. Why do you think people make fun of Christians? It's easy. What are Christians going to do? Turn the other cheek on me? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. Of course, that's why it happens. But going back to Dick Durbin, never mind the founding fathers, he talks about the uh, assault weapons ban. Assault weapons. Uh, that uh, took place in Illinois and that there are many sheriffs opposed to it. Did he ever ask himself why? You've got sheriffs opposed to this ban. Maybe that's telling you something about the ban. Maybe that's how you know there is a problem. There's an issue that this doesn't work, that this endangers people, that this is not the way you solve the problem. We haven't even gotten to the problem yet. You don't say you can't have this, you can't have that. Because that's not what's going to change anything. Because as we know, rational talk here, the criminal does not care. They are keeping their firearms. They're not getting rid of them. They're keeping the firearms. Now, some people look at this as government wanting to disarm the the populace. That way, the government are the only ones with weapons. And some people are like, yeah, that's the way it should be. Uh, Ask China and you will learn, no, that's not the way it should be. As a matter of fact, I, I again look askew at the people who think only government should have weapons. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be friends with you. Because those people are ridiculous. They don't have a moral high ground. They don't have decency. They're just wrong. Uh, And I will admit to you, I will admit to you today, guys, I don't don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's being down here in Florida in the flight and it's kind of thrown me off. I don't don't know what's going on. I'm ornery as a mother today. I, I, you've had those days like you wake up and you're like, you know what? I'm pretty sure I'm going to bite someone's head off. No, 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 no. I'm not sure of it. I really want to. I really just want to take it right off. Done. Gone. Goodbye. I don't know what it is. I am just in the most no-nonsense mood ever. I think it comes from the whole uh, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence had classified documents in his house. And I'm like, okay, I'm done here. Uh, I'm done. You heard me talking about it earlier. I'm just so out of my mind. So out of my not specifically at, at former Vice President Pence, who, who I like. It's at how, first of all, he's wrong for having the documents. I'm not going to excuse it. I want to know how he got them. How does this keep happening? Now, Biden had documents from when he was a senator. I want to know how he got those. What did he keep? What got shared with Hunter Biden? There's real criminal activity when we're talking about Joe Biden. And you have to investigate Pence like you got to investigate Trump. You have to. But dear Lord, what the hell's with our intelligence apparatus? So that started yesterday. We have an intelligence community and they classify everything, I guess. And but they let everybody have it. So what does it matter? And no one goes to jail and no one gets fired. Drives me crazy. And that's where it started. That's where it started. I'm not interested in being friends with people who think the size of the gun is the issue. Dick Durbin's wrong. Of course he's wrong. It's just foolhardy nonsense. It is how do we find new ways to go after the Second Amendment? They couldn't get the narrative they wanted. 
regarding white supremacists. So they said, okay, now we'll just go after the gun grabbing argument and we'll keep that going for a while. And so they do again and again and over and over. It's frustrating. It's exhausting. And they have no plans uh, of stopping, even though it doesn't work. If we were to take a look, I remember they, they, they said this Shannon Watts was resigning from Moms Demand Action, which got started in Indiana. And then she moved to Colorado. And she's, um, well, I don't want to say she's a coward, but uh, she, she likes to hit and run on social media. She has never really uh, been invested in doing any serious level of, of interviewing. Uh, started at her kitchen table, and um, she, was, she was a mouthpiece for Michael Bloomberg, not an intellectual, and never brought a good argument. As a matter of fact, since the existence of Moms Demand Action, and every town against guns, whatever the thing is, is called, you've seen more and more victories for the Second Amendment everywhere. You've seen more and more purchasing of firearms. Where was the story? California shootings come after spike in Asian Americans buying guns. I guess a lot of Asians buying guns during uh, COVID. That's how, that's how the story goes. I caught it from MSM, but it's actually a story from Newsweek. So you can check it out over there. Every time Barack Obama opened his mouth, bloop, gun sales went up. Hillary Clinton might become president. Bloop, gun sales are up. Joe Biden wants to do what? He's banning this and their new ATF rules on that. Bloop, gun sales are up. If you take a look at the amount of time Moms Demand Action has been in existence, why would anybody say, look at the groundbreaking work that they've done? Look at their stunning success. What success? More guns are sold. More people are aware of their Second Amendment rights. More Asian Americans, more black Americans. And the Supreme Court has ruled in favor of gun rights again and again and again and again and again. Which is also infuriating the left and having them triple down. They can't believe they're losing in the courts. In their view, they own the courts. The courts belong to them. The courts are them. And the courts owe them. And when the courts don't do what they want, they lose their head. You want proof? Gore v. Bush and the recount. And the Supreme Court saying, we're done here. The political left has never gotten over that. If you actually want to go back to the genesis of the real divide between the left and the right. I mean, I, I you can argue during the days of Clinton, you can go back, of course, to Ronald Reagan and the whole, oh, he won't mention AIDS and everything else. You can do a, a lot of that. Um, you can trace it back to what people felt uh, about Nixon. But there's no doubt that the, the match to maybe the long-burning fuse or the short fuse that had not been lit, was when the court said, yeah, we're done here, and uh, George Bush is the president of the United States. It's over. They couldn't believe they lost. They could not believe they lost in the courts. They are the courts. The courts owe them in their view. And the court has repeatedly supported the Second Amendment and lawful gun ownership taking down rules in New York, taking down rules everywhere. And the left is apoplectic about this. And so they keep coming. They keep pushing for your firearm, pushing against guns. Blame Indiana. 
Oh, the founding fathers never would have envisioned this. No, they didn't envision it. But if they saw it, they would have been like, hot damn, that's awesome. If Ben Franklin had seen a, a, a photocopier, he would have been like, get out of here. You know how many pamphlets I can make with this thing? Get me Thomas Paine. Tommy, look at this. Look at this. You know how many pamphlets you can make? I mean, it's just common sense. And Tommy went, aha. Screw you. That's a good history joke. That's a world-class history joke. I did that on the fly, people. I did that on the fly. You're welcome. All right, maybe Florida's making me honorary, but it's it's letting loose the creative brain. <laughs> Find everything, TonyCats.Locals.com. TonyCats.Locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today. You see, you almost, almost got me to forget. You didn't remind me. What does this have to do with Indianapolis? Tony Katz, Tony Katz Today. I'm talking about guns. We're talking about some commentary from Illinois Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat, a man most aptly named, his anti-gun screeds, and this this idea that we need more legislation about the amount of uh, rounds in a magazine. We need more legislation about purchasing of firearms in Indianapolis. They will tell you, the mayor, Joe Hogsett, Democrat, will tell you how his crime reduction strategies are working. Partially because he's taken $150 million, I think it was $150 million, from the American Rescue Plan, and he's investing it into these peacekeepers. Now, in Indianapolis, we have a group called uh, the Ten Point Coalition, read by, led by uh, the Reverend Charles Harrison. And they, for years, have been walking the streets trying to keep the peace, and they've had incredible success records. The mayor didn't work with this group early on, only now is starting to, and then he's doing his own thing with this government money and taking credit for it. I don't really care about credit. I care about having less people killed. Now, I'm not saying we've had less people shot. We've had less people killed because we've had 29 people uh, or shot before 30, the, the full month of January. In 30, less than 30 days, 29 people have been shot. And here is the mayor talking about gun violence. But we've had a reduction in homicides and murders over, I should say, over the last year. So the question before us is, if you're putting peacekeepers out there, if you've got people walking the streets, if you're doing community engagement, and that is, in your words, bringing down the violence in the city, aren't we proving that gun laws aren't the answer? It's a take on this. It's a twist on this that no one is discussing except us guys. They're telling us that their arguments about more laws regarding guns and firearms, etc., are, are meaningless. They're telling us that the interactions culturally create the desired result. If that's the case, why would anybody be pushing for more legislation to reduce gun ownership? It's it's not effective. And their own data, their own conversations, the, where they toot their own horn and, and scream, look what a good job we're doing, proves it. Their own argument proves that what they claim isn't true. They don't want you to own a firearm at all. It's not about changing laws to keep people safe. That's not it. Their own argument proves that they're not serious. Oh, they are serious about doing away with the Second Amendment. They're always serious about that. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.
say, I want to speak directly to the people of this city and hear directly from the person they elected. And that's the purpose, so that we can communicate, give them accurate information. I'm now at your mercy. If Colgate was at the mercy of the tabloids, they would go out of business. So I am the Colgate. I can't go out of business. I cannot describe to you how much I love that story. How much I love that story. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. A man, I hope everyone's dealing well with the weather. We've been following it. We've been uh, tracking it. The snow came in a little later, made some of those commutes, depending on where you are, a a lot easier. Uh, But still rough out there. So slow and safe, man. Slow and safe. I mean, not every part of the country had this, of course. But just, I mean, it started in New Mexico. And is heading all the way to New England. It's pretty nuts. And these these just massive snow bands just... And it's funny. They're coming through quick, but they're dumping like crazy. Like crazy. Levels of snow up to eight inches uh, in in Indiana alone. So be safe. uh, Be well. That was Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, who wants you to know that he cannot be canceled. Now, Colgate's a university, in case you didn't know. He's not talking about, you know toothpaste he's talking about the idea of creating a news organization and what they're going to do is they'll tell the truth directly to the people of new york you need to create a news organization for this go back to france in 2011 nicolas sarkozy was just doing videos on youtube he was I don't know if he was the first, but in terms of prominent politicians around the globe, it was it was Sarkozy who was saying, you know what, I, I, I'm not happy with with how I'm getting treated in in this this media world. I'm going to go direct. And that's exactly what he did. It was a total bypass of media. And trust me, media was not happy. That's what social media is for going direct. They got so upset with Trump going direct, they stopped him from going direct. He had to create his own thing to go direct. And now he's going to go back to the old things to go direct. Honestly, what is old is is new again. Uh, and uh, I guess Truth Social was never meant to to really and truly be. That's what it looks like. The Truth Social in, in, in the end, in the end result, not really getting the, the, the follower count or the user count that they wanted. There is simply... Quite simply, no need for this kind of service. Now, this was a fleeting thought in Indiana when Mike Pence was governor. Out came this announcement of something called Just In, right? Just Indiana, Just In. And it was going to be a news outfit put forth from the state to make sure that news organizations had all the proper information that they needed. And, And I remember being on air it was my morning show. I was on air when this got said. By the end of the day, this was, hey, this was a mistake. This was just an idea. It was never meant to go public. We were never going to do this. It was, it, this isn't happening. I, I remember yelling. I remember actually, yeah, I think I was yelling on air because it was right around that time where it's like, you know, I can, I can get my point across without yelling. I can do this. I am a talented man. I am a professional, dang it. I am such a professional that I could do a show from Naples, Florida, which is exactly what's happening 
right now. That's why it sounds a, a, a little weird. Uh, it's it's I, I had to be here for a conference, and because of the snow, I left early. So I've got the coverage for Thursday and Friday, but I, I need to get the show done today. I'm here. That's how much I love you, baby. Also, Naples, quite beautiful. I'm literally staring at the Gulf of Mexico. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to... If, if you're in Indiana and you're, and you're watching the snow, I'm sure it's also beautiful. I'm sorry I made myself laugh. That's that's wrong. That's rude. I apologize. Back to this Justin thing. Oh, this is crazy. This was surreal. The state is going to have its own news outfit to correct the record. How many times have you heard this in the world post-COVID? Oh, we have to do something about the misinformation. So we need to, to, to have licensed journalists. Licensed journalists? Licensed by the state? You mean licensed by the federal government? saying the things that the federal government approves of. Well, we've already seen how that silencing works. If you don't say what we approve of, you don't get to talk. Look at what they did all over social media. Look at what they did all over television. It didn't really happen in radio. It may have happened in some radio, but in, in conservative talk radio, oh, no, 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 no. People are talking. This is the freest spot on the planet, people. Talk radio is the freest place on the planet the only place where you heard different thoughts different ideas you heard different theories you got access to all the data not just some data approved data desired data you got everything one day we should really do the deep dive in how much talk radio kept america sane with its honesty versus social media and the hysteria they created and and hatred they created with their dishonesty which one did america better radio or social media what did i start with what is old is new again yeah ain't that the truth baby this was a terrible idea when indiana discussed it as this thing called just in the idea that they were going to put people from the government in newsrooms to be able to answer questions what are you talking about? If someone has a question, they'll go to you and ask a question. Now, the idea that reporters don't do that anymore, well, that's a real issue. Kerry Pickett writes for, I think she's at the Washington Times now. She'd been with Daily Caller. She has done a lot of work. And 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 Carrie is, is also a, a radio host in her own right. And Carrie is a, is, is a little kooky, but Carrie is a, is a serious, serious reporter. And she laments the fact, and if you get her going, man, she'll go on this subject. It's really, it really is quite fascinating that reporters who, let's say, work the Capitol Hill beat, because that's what she does. She works Capitol Hill. She works D.C. When they report on a story, they watch the press conference on TV or some stream, and then they type what they saw. And to them, that is reporting. No one ever calls a, a press secretary from some congressman's office or walks over to the hill. You know, you got your press credentials and, and asks a question and walks through the halls and gets the answers and gets to know these people. So they start having faith in you. you they might not like what you write, but they know that it's honest. And therefore, they're giving you the straight scoop and you know what's happening. That's how you become a trusted news source. But so many so-called journalists, you can feel the air quotes right there, journalists, they don't do it. They don't do any of that. They just 
watch a press conference, write what happens, and they're like, oh, what a hard day of being an important journalist. Hmm, I'm very important to the free society. You're not important. You're a tape recorder with feet. Journalists are important. It's why I I always, 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 any anytime it comes up, literally anytime it comes up, I'm not a journalist. I have broken news stories before. I have broken news before. I've done these things. And hopefully I've done them in a proper and appropriate manner because I still think uh, journalism matters. I think it matters. I think you got to treat it respectfully and, and, and properly. What can I say? I'm old school. But I'm not a journalist by trade. Journalism matters. And journalism involves, while you may have a bias, still sharing the story. I can't necessarily tell you that you can get rid of the bias in people, nor can you go through the history books and say, oh, look, here was news with no bias. It always had a bias. There was always some level of hate. That's why you have a free press. So you have different people reporting in different ways. And then you, as a grown-up with a mind, can look at all this information, read this information, hear this information, and then say, all right, here's what that story is. There is the data, and we know these are the facts. That's what you want. That doesn't come from government saying, this is the approved source, comrade. I I mean, friend. (laughs) This This is where you should be getting your news. Oh, no, no. We saw you wrote that story, but this is really a better story. Use this story. No, this is the right story. This is the story we want you to use. I mean, it gets down to that, right? You get, hey, it's a nice newspaper you have here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. That's what they're saying. Anytime there is a discussion of these kinds of of helpful news, whatever you want to call them, it's bad for a free press and it's bad for you and me. Our problem is the press has treated us like absolute crap for so long that we're disgusted by them. We won't even work to defend them when it's in our best interest to defend them because they treat us like garbage. They aren't interested in in journalism. They're not interested in actual reporting. They're interested in moving narratives. They're interested in their friends getting elected. They're interested in bylines and getting invited to a party. We need the journalism. And one of the ways to ensure the journalism is to make sure we don't have the state thinking it could stick its nose into our business. Which brings us back to this conversation about Eric Adams. You are not, sir. And no one is suggesting that you are at somehow the mercy of the press. No one suggests this at all. Go make your own statements. Go put out videos. You've got all the the technology waiting for you. But the idea, the, the, the even the inkling of an idea of your own news service? Trust government? What, are you out of your damn mind? Are you that ignorantly? Well, I was going to say a word that, that I don't usually use on, on, on air, right? Uh, I, for example, uh, dumb and stupid. I'm not a fan of using dumb and stupid on the air because it, it ends conversation, right? It ends things. So I'm going to change what I was going to say. Are you so are you such an elitist snob that you think you saying it 
is the most important thing in the world? If you say it, people won't believe other people. Well, because, oh, the mayor said it. That's the truth. The mayor never lies. All praise Mayor Adams. Mayor Adams is a good man. He is also handsome. He makes bald beautiful. Yay, Mayor Adams. Yay. Like that Borg hive mind mentality. All right, you told us your story. You told us what you think. Now we've taken a look at it. We've asked a few other questions and we've learned X, Y, and Z. Without reporting, without journalism, without investigation, what do we have? Taking Joe Biden at his word that it was just this document there and the search is complete. Six times the White House press secretary told us the search is complete. Turns out the search wasn't complete. So what do you do with that information? Not report it, not share it because it didn't come from the proper government source? Stop it. This is everything we need to fight. The problem is the disgust with media is so great. It's harder to get people into the fight because we hate these people so incredibly much. And it's not that they haven't earned it. These blanking, blank, blanky, blanky, blanky blankers earned it. They earned every last bit of it. They deserve the derision. They deserve the hate. They do. Of course they do. But again, I'll tell you, while they deserve it, we still got to be vigilant folk. And when government comes a knocking and saying, hey, we've got this together. We're going to be the journalists for you. We're going to give you the news straight. You never have to question it. That is a fear of mine. That is a society to be afraid of. That's a society that is in a good bit of collapse. And then that forces us to demand that the journalists actually do better. And they're like, see, you need us. And then we're like, no, we just need you to do the job. We just want you to do the job. And then they're like, oh, you see how important we are now. You've learned the error of your ways. And we're like, oh, why don't these people just learn? Why can't they just learn? Oh, whole thing. Crazy frustrating. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. One word to describe. Okay, if I say the 1619 project is truth. That to me has got to be the clip of the day. Listening to Robin Roberts and Good Morning America prop up Nicole Hannah-Jones and the lie of the 1619 Project while she calls it truth. I mean, it's, it's debunked in 27 different ways. The idea that the United States was founded, the founding was based on the desire for slavery. It's so disgusting. It's so awful, but it's never going to end. These hateful people will never stop being hateful people. They will never stop trying to tear it down. Yet they haven't accepted the fact that it's better than anything else they can envision. And when they tell you, well, take a look what South Africa has done with their new constitution, run like hell in the other direction. People who support and tout the South African constitution, man, do they not like themselves or freedom one bit or any way. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. Good to be with you. Yeah, that... The 1619 Project is truth, according to Nicole Hannah-Jones, 
who's now a tenured professor of at Howard, she's at Howard University, the idea that a something based on a lie where people who study history, not somebody who's read a book, actual historians are like, yeah, that's not true. And no one cares. And look at now, look, they're going to do a whole project on Hulu. I hate that because I like Hulu. You gave me only murders in the building. Just give me more of that. Don't give me this garbage. But maybe because you give me this garbage, I'll get something else that I like in the future. And that's just what you got to accept. You're going to push a whole project based on a lie. You see, now we go back to you shouldn't push this. It's a lie. The 1619 Project is a lie. America wasn't founded in 1619. America was not founded under the guise and based on the desire for slavery. No part of this is true. An imperfect union agreed from its start until now and still better then and now than any other nation out there. And as you can tell, you see so many other people clamoring to get into those other nations. All right, well, if you're escaping from Syria, you may go anywhere you possibly can. But people want to be here. This terrible, awful, bigoted, racist nation. (laughs) Yet they still are willing to risk everything to be here. Something that people like Nicole Hannah-Jones don't ever really bring an answer to. All they want to do is bring more hate, more division, more hate, more division. I, as I often say, how do you heal the racial divide when the wound is so profitable? Well, it's profitable for her. That much is true. Wounding Americans is very profitable for Nicole Hannah-Jones. Find everything TonyCats.locals.com. The snow will go away soon. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.